politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow besieged and beleaguered American patriots. You are not alone under siege. You have the Conservative Review podcast here. Daniel Horowitz in the house on Thursday, week two, towards the end of week two of this epidemic, this epidemic of groupthink, this epidemic of global elitism that is killing us beyond anything we could have imagined in our lifetime. It is truly surreal. It was surreal this morning. Within minutes of each other, two large pieces of news came out across the wires that uh, the enormity of those two things truly should shock your consciences. Yet one of them is going to be reported more than the other for quite obvious reasons. It was reported that the jobless claims filed with the Department of Labor, unemployment, rose to 3.2 million in one week. For context, that is roughly five times greater than the single worst week of the Great Recession, which was you know somewhere around 660,000 claims. It's the worst week on record, not even close. And we're just beginning. And we are told that these governors and mayors are looking every day for ways to shut down the last vestiges of our life. I'm telling you, folks, I could not have conjured up a worse nightmare of what the left was planning to do with this country, even in 10 years from now. And you know, I'm the prophet of woe and lamentation, so even I'm impressed by this. But then, right around the same time, news came out that the great hoaxer who has blood on his hands, the biggest hoaxer of all times, Neil Ferguson, this UK researcher, pseudo-researcher, liar at the UK Imperial College of London, essentially recanted his report, his testimony, in a Skype testimony that he gave before a UK Parliament committee, Parliamentary committee, saying what you and I have been saying from the beginning. That rather than 500,000 people dying in the UK and 2 million people dying in America, he said the deaths will in, in the UK will be under 20,000, and two-thirds of them would have died anyway within the year because of underlying conditions. And that rather than lasting for 18 months, it will last for two to three weeks. Now, the hoaxers are saying, well, he didn't recant it because what he's really saying is that because of the measures that they took of of house arrest, that changed the that was a game changer. (laughs) Here's the problem with that. First of all, they only started that in the UK two days ago. So that wouldn't have even changed anything because it wouldn't have registered even according to their simulations. And number two, look at the underlying point he made. If you look at what he said, and you could Google this, I mean, there's a lot of articles out there in the UK on this, his testimony before uh, the relevant parliamentary committee, that it's already been in the UK for quite some time as it has been in every Western country. 
probably as early as December. He didn't say that, but I'm, I'm saying is probably as early as December. And therefore, God knows how many people have it. He suspects he has it. And therefore, the, de- the, the denominator is much larger. And therefore, the lethality is much lower. And therefore, we are also much farther along into it. And therefore, now the, the final therefore he doesn't say, he's like, we need to do a lockdown. Well, that's where the fraud is. Because if that's the case, lockdown would only make sense when you want to stem it from mushrooming. But again, the way to do that is to not let it in your country. That's the only thing you can do with lockdown. You lock down international travel from the affected areas. That's what you do. And that's the one thing that these hoaxers, flat earthers, arsonists will not do. To this day, it's not even like, you know, they made a mistake. They still don't admit it. And they still we still don't have in place something for the future to stop this. Think about this. We have now set a precedent for a liberty and economic and life crushing arson based on such a low threshold. Think about this. They're already talking about this happening, happening in a cyclical way. Fossey was talking about it. As you and I well know, we have four to five thousand people a week at the peak of the winter dying in the United States as a result of pneumonia or complications from the flu. If you have the media latching on to that and, you know, documenting every death and putting up pictures of the people, you could easily spawn the same thing. Well, for you, it might not be a big deal to go outside your home, but you catch the flu, you give it to someone who's older. And guess what? They get pneumonia and they die. And look, undoubtedly, there is a little bit of truth to that. But that's not what God wants from you. It makes no sense. But the point is, this is going to keep happening. So at least if we're going to keep raising the specter that with anything this threshold, and we're going to talk about it, put it in context. I'm not saying it's not serious and it's not anything. And there aren't going to be people that, unfortunately, we know that are going to die from it. But if this is what we're going to do, you would think at least we'd resolve as a nation at the very minimum to have mandatory shutoffs from the countries affected the minute we know about this. Yet, yet, this is the thing. Republicans got nothing, nothing. We, we don't have, they, they have given away life-altering spending and market distortions that this insane bill will create. All built on a lie that if they would only fight against the lie and reopen most of our country, most of the bill would become moot because most of the people would rehire because this is not a financial meltdown. Now, there is going to be damage it creates, but it was a logistical thing. You say people aren't allowed to work, so they don't work. Now you can work. But no. It won't phase them. This won't get out anywhere. This was the one study that caused us to change what we did from the beginning of humanity until three weeks ago. Herd, herd immunity. We went from herd immunity to herd mentality. And our entire political system 
is one big herd mentality. That's all the Republicans are. The Republican Party is a fraud. Even when you have an earth-shattering event which demands and calls for certain actions that the public would clamor for, they don't push them. They push everything we shouldn't be doing except for what we should be doing. I knew we'd get the spending. I knew we'd get the bailouts. I knew we would get the market distortions and the debt. But I was saying, let's get stuff on the deregulation. Let's get stuff on the immigration and the travel that speaks to both the impetus for spreading contagious diseases and also the harm to our labor force. How we need to rebuild it with American labor on American soil, with American sovereignty, and wean our dependency on China. We're going to get the worst of all worlds out of this because of this phony Republican Party. We're going to get, if we don't stand up, we're going to get all of the debt, all of the fallout, all of the joblessness, all of the severe encroachments on liberty permanently, by the way, as we mentioned yesterday with Mark Meckler. But we're not even going to come out of this weaning our dependency on foreign labor and outsourcing in China. Just the opposite. We're going to have it more than ever. Except now, we're going to make this a regular occurrence. Heck, at this pace, we're going to respond like we did with 9-11, tripling Muslim immigration. We're going to, I bet you we'll have more Chinese foreign students. I bet you this time next year, we're going to be, still be suffering from every vice of this as a nation. But we're going to have hundreds of thousands of Chinese students flying back for the next bat-eating-driven disease in middle of January while we're locked in our homes. Can you imagine 3.2 million unemployment claims and we're going to have the, the H-1B visa lottery on Monday? Not Monday, um, it's, it's sometime, it's, it's April 1st, next week, which I warned about. Still no word from the Trump administration to get rid of it. Could you imagine that? I mean, again, even if you're an open borders guy. But this? How in the world could you look at yourself and do that? And here's the beautiful thing. India went down on, on lockdown. Per capita, Indians are much poorer and have fewer iPads and computers at home. They don't have the ability to telecommute like Americans do. A lot is shut down, but there are a lot of Americans that are working. Do you know the opportunity we have that Wells Fargo and Bank of America were crying over losing their Indian labor? Now is the time when we can rebuild that with American jobs. But there's no push. Instead, we're getting the worst of all. We're getting jailbreak. Well, let's first start off the other end. We're getting permanent market distortions, permanent damage, permanent monopolies like Obamacare created a healthcare monopoly, like the farm bills created a big agro-processor monopoly to put out family uh, uh, farm businesses, like the bank bailouts crushed and basically ended community banks. You cannot imagine the monopolies that will be created from these bailouts for years to come. And this is just the beginning. This is the beauty when you drag race the left and try to get into a bidding war. Pelosi's like, this is not enough. We're going to have more. We're going to have more. See, they're going to take the unemployment claims and say, we need more and we need more. 
And Republicans are like, yes, yes. Because the phony conservative movement spent all their time moving the Overton window to the left. So the left's like, we need not cut off immigration, not cut off foreign visa workers, not rebuild our supply chain, not deregulate, not have an amazing tax code, and not get Americans back to work and push back against this hoax. And when they try to shame us on not caring about lives, we say, shut the hell up because you SOBs are the very people that let this in the country. Believe me, people will die to a certain extent, but that is baked already. It's baked. Because we let it into the country. And we still don't have a statutory trigger to shut it off. It's discretionary. It's not mandatory. But when you don't have a competing narrative, when you drink out of the Democrat trough, as every Republican does, they just follow them. We have a disease of herd mentality. Groupthink. Where everyone could be bamboozled. We have nothing. We're getting nothing out of this. Meanwhile, one mayor, one governor after another sits and screws with us. Anarcho-tyranny. You know, I felt guilty for thinking these thoughts. And maybe I've articulated this before. I'm, I'm growing senile with just working around the clock and processing so much information. I, I don't remember what I told you, what I didn't. But, you know, I started thinking over the years. I hate to say it, but, you know, it might take another 9-11 to finally end the political correctness and do what we should have done after the first 9-11 in terms of immigration, national security, Muslim Brotherhood. And then I said to myself, you know what? There is such a dearth of vision and agenda on the phony right and the Republican Party and the phony conservative organizations that you could have, God forbid, 50 Afghani refugees commit another 9-11 and there wouldn't even be an impetus from Republicans to shut off Afghani refugees like we saw with Pensacola and the Saudi program. And that's the thing. With what the left has done, we could have a revolution that speaks. You want to talk about voters that you would have never been able to get? How we could get on American labor and the supply chain and winning our dependency of China and and getting rid of the Chinese students and all this nonsense. 80-20 issue. The polling shows it. Not a single impetus to deal with a single one of the dozens of issues and ideas we've laid out. That's where we are now. That's where we are now. You know, it's amazing. So you construct what happened now. It's quite obvious. I'm going to have a piece out today explaining this, but you look at the pneumonia numbers, the pneumonia deaths, they were around 3,800, 3,500 for the peak weeks of January and February. Suddenly the first week in March, it drops like a thousand. What happened? Because in the first week of March, we started testing for coronavirus. So, therefore, those who were presumed to have had pneumonia really didn't have it. Because really, it's been here the entire winter. 
There's numerous articles on the patients that were treated for pneumonia have now tested positive. That's really what it was. Even in China, before the public knew really what it was, if you look back at some academic and media reports, they refer to it as this bizarre pneumonia outbreak. They use the word pneumonia outbreak in Wuhan. And now the, the, the hoaxer himself in the UK admits that that's what was happening all along. So likely millions have gotten this. Like I said, I, I don't know where the death toll is at. It's like it's like it's a little over a thousand now and whatever, 70,000 confirmed cases. But it's not. It's probably more like five to ten thousand deaths already. But millions upon millions have had it. And therefore, at this stage into it, if anything, not only are you doing the collateral damage on liberty and jobs and economy and prosperity and yes, human lives from the trickle-down effect of the logistical problems. But even in terms of defeating coronavirus, at this point, this is worse. You have to have the healthier people come out and have herd, herd immunity while protecting those who are in danger. But, we, but what's going to happen is the entire left in the media is going to sit and, 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 again, tally each death, which you can never run a country that way because there's always, again, like I say, there are, there are roughly 100 auto fatalities every single day in this country. Horrific way. It's a horrific way to go. Every day, reoccurring every month of every year. Never ends. If I were to incessantly 24-7 cover every one of those deaths, you would grind all auto traffic to a halt. You can't do that. And again, as it relates in particular to coronavirus, it's said those who are dying, but that is the fault of these people, unbelievably. So falsely admitted yesterday, it's because of China. What's going on in New York is because of China. Queens has the most. Queens has the largest Chinese population. They travel back and forth. They had this massive lunar festival that all the politicians there attended to where they were packed, packed into the streets, all touching each other like sardines with all these people who traveled back from China, spread it with their Chinese relatives. In my, uh, in my neck of the woods, the CEO of GBMC, one of the major you know, hospitals here, Greater Baltimore Med Medical Care in Towson, Maryland, he, he, he said he doesn't, you know, he thinks we're okay here in Central Maryland, it's not going to be that bad. He said New York is bad because of the Chinese. That's what it was. Breitbart has a great article out. Andrew Cuomo. New York has 15 times coronavirus cases of California because we welcome people. So he, he admits it. Because we welcome people from across the globe, we have people coming here. We have people coming here from China who, uh, who came here from Italy, who came here from all across the globe. And, and he brags about it. Now, again, we're not talking about here openness. This is not, this is not even an immigration issue. I mean, that's, that's a, se a totally separate issue. But once you do have a large immigrant population from the countries of the outbreak, the minute you know about the outbreak, you got to shut down the travel. 
You got to do that. But no, like he's like, yeah, this is how it is. So don't sit and shame people like me and my colleagues here that are speaking the truth that there is zero value add at this point to doing lockdown. And that you're going to cost so many more lives, not to mention destroy an entire country. When you know that among those who will die, that was already big because of the very policies of the people pushing lockdown. Endless travel and immigration from China. Lockdown Americans in their homes. Lockdown Americans in their homes. Let out criminals so they could beat up Americans in their homes. Oh, and single women like that woman attacked in Utah from the person let out from the Corona jailbreak. People like you, if you want to be a first time gun owner to protect yourself now, well, we're closing the gun shops. Folks, you need to get active. I need you. To call your county officials, your county commissioners and state legislatures, county council members, city council members, and say you need to convene and you need to answer questions about the nature of this virus, when it started, how many already had it, and the lethality rate, and the science behind what you're doing, if it works at all, or if it's downright counterintuitive. Because you cannot push endless, indefinite, gross violations of the Constitution without any transparency. You cannot allow mayors, county executives, and governors to rule us by fiat. And again, it's not just now. This is going to go on in perpetuity because we have the worst mix of endless immigration from the source countries, endless travel from the source countries, no desire to shut it off from the source countries, no desire to rebuild American labor, uh, our labor with American uh, workers, no desire to bring our supply chain back here so we're not as vulnerable. But we've already let this out of the bag that for something like this, we're going to do this. And again, I believe. Again, I do believe this is a little bit more lethal than the regular flu. But it doesn't warrant this. And moreover, like you do have to put it in perspective. Pneumonia is is pretty bad. Again, three to four thousand a week for several months a year and and really all all year, if you look at the numbers. But it's most, you know, the numbers are the highest in, in, in the winter. Die of pneumonia. Overwhelmingly elderly, but I'm sure if you would break down demographically, there are younger people that that die from it too. Just like we're seeing younger people are dying from coronavirus. You can never that that that's the point. In other words, what Neil Ferguson himself is admitting is that this is not once in a millennium plague. It's more or less in line, give or take, in different ways. Some ways more stringent, some ways less than H1N1 and certain really bad pneumonia seasons. Even if you say it's somewhat significantly worse, but if the threshold is this high for this, that means this is going to happen every year. Every year from the baseline pneumonia, and certainly because China keeps doing whatever they're doing to keep producing these diseases. And if you Google around, you'll find there's rumors of a lot of, of more stuff churning out there, which there always are. And we're still going to have all these students from there. 
which we shouldn't have for 50,000 other reasons anyway. So that's where we are. And Republicans, get this through your thick heads. We will never change anything with this Republican Party. They will never fight on a single issue. What they'll do is they'll agree to 99.9% of the Democrats. They'll use their talking points. They'll use their focus. It's only the issues they focus on. It's the way they focus on it. They're right. They're right. They're right. Yes, we must do this. We must act. We must do what you want. Oh, but could you please not put Planned Parenthood funding in it? So Democrats are like, all right, fine, we'll take it out. And then we get that was their way of leveraging the bigger payouts for the market distortions and the debt. It's utterly, utterly pathetic. And then at the same time, you would think we'd come out of this at least ending judicial supremacy, okay? Man, I mean, executives could just rape your unalienable rights without any question from a judge. So certainly, an illegal alien who wants to break into our country has no rights, right? Well. As I noted, on Monday, the Supreme Court came out with a ruling that included the false flag, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, that these two illegal aliens who are criminals, criminals, and were deported, they have a right to reopen their cases to potentially come back. While we are stuck in our houses, illegal and don't have a right to sue, to end unwarranted house arrest, shutdown of employment, shutdown of lives, shutdown of movement, shutdown of liberty, when the data now incontrovertibly contradicts their entire premise for doing this, which would nullify any rational basis test for what they're doing. We have no cause of action. We remain in our homes, but illegal aliens can still sue to gain rights to get into this country. They could travel from China and get into this country and sue us. And Gorsuch and Kavanaugh will tell you, you will learn to like it. You tell me this Republican Party, this phony conservative movement is not a false flag operation. And you know what else? Another judge yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, I forget, is putting the, the pipeline, the, the Keystone Pipeline in South Dakota on hold again. Doesn't like what you, where you're routing it in the Indian Reservation or something. I, I didn't read through it, but think about that. Government could do anything they want to destroy our economy. Any county executive now. Every major city in, in Texas, even the rural areas, some of you are reporting to me, are doing this. Lockdown. But yet the executive branch wants to build a pipeline. Nope. A single judge could nullify that. We need a revolution. We need a revolution. You guys got to get involved in our Facebook fan page, Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary at Facebook. We have a lot of different threads going there, so you could comment in the comment section. Talk about your story, what you're seeing. Your story as a, as a business owner, your story as a citizen with crime in your cities from jailbreak, your stories about the draconian restrictions on how they're letting out criminals, 
but now going around and threatening to arrest. And even in LA, they're threatening to shut off water and power from businesses. This is the worst mix of anarchy, tyranny, bankruptcy, socialism, you can imagine. Oh, we can't allow Bernie Sanders to win. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. Even in my worst nightmare, Bernie Sanders winning, I didn't have this picture in mind. No siree. Well, we have it upon us. We have it upon us. Now, folks, I want to read to you something really, really, really important. Um that just underscores what we're talking about in terms of the nature of this virus. And that's the thing. I mean, we're going to have, my gosh, we, we, we could have 24 hours a day worth of shows to discuss all the policy implications, liberty, crime. I mean, this touches on every aspect of our life. It needs to be rebuilt. It needs to be rebuilt in the proper way, our system of government. But the most important thing is to shut off the shutdown. And, 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 in order to do that, we need a rigorous debate immediately over the nature of what the virus is and isn't, and therefore what can and should we do about it, and what makes a difference. This is straight up from the health department of New York City. One of our show listeners sent me just now. As of yesterday afternoon, 96% of those who died in New York City from COVID-19, we're already suffering from underlying illnesses such as diabetes, lung disease, cancer, um, immunodeficiency, heart disease, hypertension, asthma, kidney disease, and GI liver disease. Again, very different story. This is dangerous to a lot of people, potentially and sometimes kill, kill almost anyone. Like, but there's a lot of things like that. I mean, this stuff happens every day in every society. You can't shut it down for that. You know, we, we, look, I could start a whole movement making you feel guilty for killing granny by not being careful every, every flu season. I'm sure if you would trace how many seniors die of pneumonia, I mean, you could ultimately trace it back to that. And again, there's, there's truth to it on how, you know, you do need to be more careful. Um, you know, th this comes up a lot and people know this if you're a mother um, or a father, but, it, you know, certainly a mother, you have, you have a, let's say a bunch of kids. It's a pain in the neck when you have flu season, um, whether it's school or daycare or playgroup. And gosh, you know what? I got to have my kid home. Um, it, it's always a tough decision. Eh, mom, he's not really sick. Let me send him to school. Look, I mean, you got to be careful. You can't be selfish. And you know, you do have to be careful with that. You know, even if you're not dealing with seniors, just to get other kids sick. I mean, this does happen every day. And we have to put it in, in perspective. But um, I wanted to read to you this article from the Asia Times from a few days ago, earlier this week. And it's unbelievable. Strange pneumonia seen in Lombardy in November. What have I been saying? That really this has been around in America and all the countries where there's large Chinese travel every day. It's been around since at least whenever it was around in China. You know, again, the first known case they're saying is November 17th, but we don't even know that. It could be much earlier in November. It could be a few weeks earlier than that. We don't know. 
but certainly what we do know is November 17th. So it doesn't take a genius to realize that in places like Lombardy, or many places in the United States like Queens, New York, and Seattle, you're going to have that in your country awfully quickly if you don't identify that and clamp down on it. From the Asia Times here, a strange pneumonia was circulating in northern Italy as long ago as November, weeks before doctors were made aware of the novel coronavirus outbreak in China, one of the European country's leading medical experts said this week. The South China Morning Post reported, quote, they remember having seen very strange pneumonia, very severe, particularly in old people in December and even November. Um, Guespe Ramuzzi, the director of the Mario Negri Institute for Pharmacological Research in Milan said in an interview with the National Public Radio of the United States. This means that the virus, so this was an interview, um, this big pharmacologist um, in Italy conducted an interview um, with NPR, and he said, quote, this means that the virus was circulating at least in the northern region of Lombardy and before we were aware of this outbreak occurring in China, which is true. Now, the Chinese are probably trying to push this to like confuse people as if, hey, this started in Italy. It didn't start in China. It started before China. No, no, no. <laughs> it started in China, but we, you know, most people didn't because they covered it up. So it wasn't known to most people until I, you know, maybe late December, early January, depending who and in what way and what was known about it. Um, but yeah, the symptoms certainly were apparent in Western countries, but particularly Northern Italy before we knew the truth of what was going on in China. So, I mean, that's a very big deal. That's a very big deal. Italy suspended all flights to China on January 31st, the first nation to do so. <laughs> Unbelievable. It came out in November 17th. And the first country, because Trump issued what, what is it, January 28th, but it wasn't a full thing until like a week later, at least a week later. There were a lot of exceptions to that. We didn't start even doing a modicum of screening, which was woefully inadequate until January 17th. So, dude, it's a joke. This was around since late November, early December, at least December. It looked like pneumonia. And it's ensconced in all of the country's pneumonia tabulations for mortality. A certain portion or a substantial portion of those deaths were coronavirus, which means that you have to add thousands of more deaths in each each country. But it also means you have to add millions of more people who had it. That is the single most important thing to understand, because if we understood that and publicized that, the policies would change. And then the realm of what we should and shouldn't be doing economically would become abundantly clear. So. Um, the current thinking among the scientific community is that the first infection in Lombardy was the result of an Italian coming into contact with a Chinese in late January. Again, that's the first known identified case. Just like in America, the first known case was January 20th, which is even before they're saying it was identified in Italy. Um, but they came into contact with the Chinese in November and December. 
However, if it can be shown that the novel coronavirus, officially known as SARS-CoV-2, was in circulation in Italy in November, then that theory would be turned on its head. The debate over the possible origin of the pathogen has also been at the heart of the war of words between Beijing and Washington. Okay, yada, yada. And there we go. Folks, there is so much more going on here. So much more going on. We need to act, and we need to act now. I mean, you know what? I think that some of my kids had it. And I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I'm hearing all these stories from people. Everyone talked about this winter, this just strange virus that tested negative for the flu, tested negative for um, strep. And, and it's strange. I mean, that's the thing. Some people, it's a severe pneumonia and they die. And But, you know, most people, it seems like it's more mild than that. It's fever that lingers for a while. I, I have to pinch myself. I can't believe we're living through a time like this. I can't believe that we could be so bamboozled. I mean, this is the same thing. It's the same scientific community that looks at X and Y chromosomes and mixes them up and says a dude is a gal. That says we're warming the earth. Although we're disproven, so we have to change the name from global warming to, to climate change to get our bases covered. So that's the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't know what to do here anymore. It's got to stop. Here's the best I could think of. At a federal level, we need to push that no congressman or federal executive official at a top level is paid until the economy is back moving again. At a federal level, we need to keep building the case for Trump to do what he wants to do and push back against this. We need for the president to say to states, because this is what's ha it's all coming from the states now. The feds ha haven't really done much. It's guidance. It's not requirements. You need to tell the, the Trump needs to develop this guidance, new guidance, and then say, if states are going to go against it and shut down the economy, you are on your own. You have to pay for it yourself. And then in the states that at least we have more leverage over, you need to call your state legislatures and demand that they reconvene electronically and they rigorously debate what this is, where we're headed, that they start putting restrictions on governors and, and also use home rule laws to block county governments from doing this garbage stop violating the constitution and that's how i'd rather take care of it rather than playing the lawsuit game but again i mean i will say this is the one legitimate case where you can go before a court and like dude it's not a national policy you're crushing my personal liberty so that's that's it for now. And they need to put limits. They need to make it transparent. They need to get Americans back to work. And they need to enact at, at a state level the same thing I want to do at a federal level. Say that the governor and his top 
you know, cabinet officials cannot get paid until the lockdowns are over and they need to end the jailbreak. The jailbreak must end. This is happening in every red state now. Certainly in blue cities and red states. We have got to get on the playing field. Go to our Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary Facebook page. You could press send me email, which will go to our team. And let us know what state, what city you're in. And if you want to sign up for a strike team. Where we share information on what different states are doing, feedback from your state reps, maybe county officials as well. We need to start getting a few states to start debating this. And then it will fall like dominoes. That's it for now. But we really need to think long and hard where we want to head. Because what we're doing is not working. And and I'm saying that to myself. I'm looking in the mirror. We have the fight of our lives that we never dreamed of on our hands. The good news is, and let me leave you off with one good news, is that part of our problem for so many years is that things were too subtle. The more our liberties were taken, the more our markets were distorted, the, the, the more our culture was attenuated, the more our sovereignty and security was destroyed, the more technology allowed it that we continue to live just better lives in terms of materialism and quality of life. And it's just numbed everyone into action. It's made the Western countries just numb with hedonism as they rot out on the inside where their soul is. Well, now we're all going to be in a world of hurt. Now we're going to be back to the 1800s, <laughs> almost literally in certain, in certain respects. Now is the time, the same way the left sees this as an opportunity to turn America into Venezuela. This is our opportunity to not just solve this problem, but to ultimately restore our republic. We can do this together. Iron sharpens iron. Again, gather at our Facebook page. Let's gather names. Let's gather ideas. Let's gather stories. The more egregious stories you have to share about what's going on in your locality, I could push them with as many people I know in Congress, White House. Again, you know, I'm I'm not exactly the most listened to person. Um, you know, I'm not exactly on the ins with everyone, but I'll, I'll try to do my best and, you know, get other colleagues who have more connections. This is what we're going to do. And, and I must say, I am proud that our network is really on the same page. Blaze Media, we are on the same page, all of us, on this issue. Um, it's not always the case. Um, look, I wish everyone always agreed with me on everything. Um, but in this case, it really is that way. And um, it's very heartening. So we're going to try to have another guest tomorrow. Let's get active. Call your state legislature. Sign up at Harwood Citizen Sanctuary. Tweet me at Arm Conservative. You could always email me personally, dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Send this show out to 100 of your friends and relatives. Till tomorrow, God bless you all and stay safe. Thank you.